Hello, and welcome to episode 12 of the Diz Explorers podcast, where each week our troop explores different aspects of the Disney empire, whether it be in the parks, on the cruise ships, movies, pop culture, and you name it, we'll talk about it. So this week, we're a little light, we're down one member, so we'll introduce the round. We have Melanie. Hey! And Jessica. Hello. Milford. Hello, everybody. And Adrian. Hey, everyone. And I'm RJ. So, welcome aboard. Thanks, everybody, for listening again. This week, we've got a few different topics we'd like to touch on. So, first off, we're going to start with Melanie, because her other endeavor, which is the DCL Prep School website and travel planning for... Disney Cruise Lines exclusively has fully launched and yes she is going to fill us in on what that's all about and where to go and and it Absolutely. So take it away, Mel. Sure. Well, over the summer I have had the wonderful opportunity to build DCL Prep School from the ground up. DCL Prep School is the latest Endeavor from Shannon Albert, who is the mastermind of WDW Prep School. And WDW Prep School was so successful that Disney, the Disneyland version of the site, DLR Prep School, launched. And now we are branching out again with the Disney Cruise Line brand. And I have been lucky enough to be the editor and content creator of that over the last few months. And the site is live. You can go to dclprepschool.com and check it out. It I always like to use that phrase, pardon our pixie dust. The site is live and the content is there, but I am adding content daily. So the site, in fact, all three sites are built upon a six-step planning process so that even if you are a novice Disney planner, you can jump right in with our six steps, and by the time the six steps are through, and by the time you've worked through the process, you've planned a Disney vacation. And that's th- true for all three sites. The um, website also will talk about ports of call. There will be information on all four ships. Actually, that's already on, up there. And the blogs are live. The blogs, we talk about stateroom selection. There are over 30 categories of staterooms for you to pick from. So we break it down into four main groups to make stateroom selection easy for you. We also talk about the concierge rooms, accessible rooms, everything you need to know to plan a Disney Cruise Line vacation. And it really does all start with the six-step planning process. And it's as simple as you begin with picking your dates Step two, you're choosing your stateroom because on Disney Cruise Line, you actually get to pick your own stateroom. You're not just showing up at the port and seeing which room you're assigned to. You are actually picking your own stateroom. Then we talk about daily plans, your dining options. We also talk about planning activities and port adventures. And finally, our last step is where you add the magic. I love that. I love that step six. So I'll start really quickly with step one. You are picking your dates. And to do that, guys, you've got to get out those calendars. You're looking at work, school calendars for the kids, 
do not forget after school activities and sports. Your coaches will not look kindly. If you plan a cruise, you're looking at the sports schedule, you're like, oh, it ends in October, but you don't add in those two weeks for those after season tournaments, <laughs> which are not. Those are, are those ever published at the beginning of the season? No. No. If you've got a kid in sports, please add two weeks at least to the end of that season, maybe even more if you're a baseball with an outdoor weather dependent sport. <laughs> but look at those dates and find when the best time for you to cruise will be. For us, it's typically in January. We have a block of days that are settled that are around the Martin Luther King holiday where our school district typically builds in. It's right at the semester break for us. I still don't really realize why traditional schools break in the middle of January with their semesters instead of before Christmas, but they do. So that break naturally occurs right at the Martin Luther King observance holiday. So they will add on two teacher work days. It's January. So they tackle on some inclement weather days. It is a great time for us to cruise while other people are in school. So we can take advantage of those winter rates. So take a look at those calendars and find the dates that are going to work with you, but also think about how long you want to cruise. Disney Cruise Line offers cruises from 10, from two days to 10 days to two weeks. So think about the type of cruise you're going to want to take as well, because certain itineraries are only offered at certain points of the year. If you have your heart set on sailing to Alaska, well, that's only going to happen in the summer months. If you are wanting to go to Europe, those as well, those are only going to happen in the summertime. So think about that when you're picking your dates for your cruise. The good news is the most popular itineraries are the Caribbean itineraries as well as the Bahamas itineraries. And those run every single week out of Port Canaveral. So after you've taken a look at your calendars, you know when you want to cruise, you've selected your stateroom. I've got a video that's going to be coming online within the next week that'll show you exactly how to pick the dates from the website itself. Once you've chosen your cruise, step two is picking your stateroom. And I love it. My family of five could, in theory, fit into a either a deluxe ocean view family stateroom or a family stateroom with a veranda. Anytime you see the word family on a stateroom category, think more people. <laughs> it is a bigger room. will fit more people. That's my my catchphrase. So a family stateroom, whether it's an ocean view or an ocean view with a veranda, will fit a family of five. If you've ever seen my family of five and think that we're going to fit into a cruise line stateroom, <laughs> <laughs> you're kidding yourself. I have myself and my husband, who are full-grown adults, two teenage boys who are bigger than full-grown adults, and a teenage daughter. I'm not sure we would be an intact family at the end of a cruise if we all stayed in one <laughs> stateroom. So to thwart the demise of my family, we always book two staterooms. My favorite configuration is an outside stateroom with a veranda, coupled with an inside stateroom kind of right across the hall. So my trick there is that we book three people in that inside stateroom, and only two people in the outside stateroom. You do need to have an adult over 18 in each of those rooms booked. But Disney does not really care where you sleep. So it's financially more advantageous for us to book more people in the inside room because those book at a lower fare. 
the outside staterooms, you're going to be paying double occupancy anyway. So you may as well just put two people in that one. And we have the two rooms that are in close proximity to each other because we don't really need adjoining staterooms at this point in their lives. We can be across the hall and that's just fine with us. So typically my husband, my daughter and I are be in one room and the fully grown teenagers are be right across the hallway from us. If ever they do need us, they are right there. So we have that configuration. We have found that that configuration works best for us. If you are looking for how to figure out that alphabet soup of stateroom categories, 5C, 9A, <laughs> it, it really it doesn't make any sense because you can be in 9A and be on deck two or 11C. It really, it, it, I, I tell people to just don't even look at that. If this is your first cruise, don't even worry about the alphabet soup that is a stateroom category. You are only worried about, is this an inside stateroom, an ocean view, an ocean view with a veranda, or my very favorite one of these days, I will get to sail at concierge. <laughs> <laughs> Break it down. We, we, on DCL Prep School, we're really about breaking down those multitude of stateroom categories into four manageable categories. And then there's variations within each of those that I break down on the website. It's so simple once you're shown, but when you're looking at it as a novice planner, it's easy to get overwhelmed. Now a tip when you have, if you are getting an ocean view stateroom, whether it's an ocean view or an ocean view with a veranda, I like to book starboard. It was a lucky coincidence the first time it happened to me, and we've made sure it's happened every time. I, I think I, I typically my brain goes to that right side of the ship anyway. So if you're looking, if you're looking at a map and you're seeing the nose, you're going to be looking. Starboard is the right, or it's the left. So the starboard side is the side I always like because the ships like to back into their parking spot at Castaway Key. Think of it like a car backing into their spot in the parking lot the ships back into that dock on castaway Key, and all the starboard rooms will have a wonderful view of castaway for the day so that's my trip tip if you're picking a room i like to book starboard i that's just my own personal my own personal taste on that step three what so once you have i mean in congratulations if you have chosen a date picture cruise in your stateroom you are you have done a lot in two short steps so that i i want to stress that once you've done those two things and that's the point when you book you have paid your deposit you've booked that you are free to do all the fun planning at that point step three is you're going to make a daily plan and your cruise itinerary pretty much does that and your cruise itinerary is what you're doing day by day so you have embarkation day which is your sailing away day you have a sail away deck party You'll also have at-sea days where you are sailing all day long. Those are my favorite days. I love at-sea days. You're on the ship all day. Then they have activities, movies. That's when we do mixology classes and wine tastings. They even have cooking classes where you really just watch the cooking. <laughs> but you get wine included. So, hey. But the at-sea days are my favorite days. You'll also have port days. I know, I, I guess it's kind of weird that the sea days are my favorite over the port days, but <laughs> they really are. 
It should be about the destination, but to me, it's more the journey. <laughs> yep. I, I, I'm a sea girl. I'm an at sea girl. I just am. Everybody has their own favorite parts about sailing, but I, I will admit that, you know, after how many times of going to Grand Cayman, last time I was there, I just I, I went ashore for an hour and I was back on board. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm done. I'm going back on board. And it's great because if you are one of those people on board during a port day. The ship really empties out, and you feel like you have the whole ship to yourself. So that that's another tip on port days. If there's not really a port adventure, or if it's a port of call that you've been to several times, consider staying on the ship that day. There's a lot of great things going on where you can relax, you have the pools to yourself, theaters to yourselves, movie times. It, it's it, it's wonderful. But when you are visiting a port for the first time, I, I usually do suggest for those port days. You know, book a port adventure, explore where you are. It, it, it's really fun. We've, we've taken some wonderful port adventures. One of my favorites was the dog mushing camp in Alaska, where it was, think of like a summer camp for Iditarod dogs. It's really what it was, where during the summer months, the dogs will bulk up and they'll they feed them a lot. They're getting big, although they didn't look all that bulky to me. Apparently to the trainers, they were getting bulky. <laughs> and they have an exercise regimen where they like literally their exercise is pulling the tourists around. We like, really, they want to do it. But then you see them line up and they're like jumping and they're excited. And, you know, kids and dogs. Hello, that that is a recipe for success. The kids love the dogs. So those port adventures really help you kind of get a taste of the land that you're experiencing. And they also are set out in an age appropriate manner so that the kids really appropriately learned about dogs and everything that they were doing. Um, we went, the, I know DCL doesn't sail to Costa Maya anymore, but we, when we did sail to Costa Maya, I mean, the port itself really was created just for cruise ships, but we did have the chance to go back to the Choctobin Mayan ruins. So the kids got to see the pyramids and these, these are some wonderful pyramids that the kids got to go see because we had booked our port adventure through Disney. So those port days, they're really if if you really do want to explore the land, there there are so many ways to do that. And the last part on 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 your daily plan, the last day you have to plan is your last day. That's disembarkation day, and it doesn't matter if you're on a three day cruise or a two week cruise. Disembarkation day comes too soon, but it comes to us all. <laughs> oh, disembarkation day! The day before disembarkation, you will receive a checklist from Disney. It's the saddest mail in the world. They they, it, they shove it under your room in the dark of night. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're sorry you have to leave tomorrow, but you must leave. And it, it that form, that, that letter tells you when to have your luggage ready. It tells you, it get, they provide you with your customs forms to make immigration and customs go as quickly and as easily for you as it can. It tells you how to, you know, what to do once you've, disembarked also your breakfast plan all of that disney lays it out for you you're going to be you're buying you're tired you just had a long cruise a wonderful long cruise and you're going to be exhausted so disney does lay it out for you step by step if you're needing a transfer to the airport that 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 is taken care of for you and they lay it out so there's no confusion it's simple you just follow the instructions. You eat breakfast. When they say eat breakfast, you follow the line from there and meet your shuttles or go to the parking lots. Disney takes care of you. So the fourth step, and 
let's just say my favorite step in the di- in the planning process is dining options. Yes. Uh, food. <laughs> Glorious food. It, it, it really doesn't. It, it doesn't take too much to talk about dining options because they are they're they're everywhere. Just, just know that it, it's a cruise, and like with all cruise ships, food, friends, food is everywhere. <laughs> you ha- Disney innovated the rotational dining system, meaning no matter which ship you are on. You each night you will rotate between what are called the main dining rooms or restaurants. The three main dining rooms will always on the um on all four ships. One of your options will be Animator's Palette, even though it's different on all four ships. Animator's Palette is the lot. It, it's where the animation comes to life right in front of you. It goes from sketch drawings all the way to full color. There's an amazing show. You see Sorcerer Mickey. It is a fun fun night on all four ships all four ships also have a main atrium dining room lumiere's on the magic tritons is on the wonder royal court and royal palace are on the dream of the fantasy beautiful beautiful royally themed dining rooms and then on the dream and fantasy you'll have enchanted garden on the magic that's now karaoke's and on the Wonder, it's currently Parrot Key, but if you're listening to this podcast several months in the future, in November, that's going to change over to Tiana's place after the Wonder goes through its dried out. But so each ship basically has three main dining rooms. You will rotate between those three each night on a predetermined rotation. So Disney will tell you which dining room you are supposed to dine in on each night of your cruise. But each night you have the same servers. And let me tell you, by day, by night number two, most of them know to have my Diet Coke waiting for me by the time I get down, get there. It's like, Mel, here's your Diet Coke. <laughs> so I will inhale that Diet Coke within five seconds of sitting down. That's just how I am. I'm a thirsty <laughs> girl. But your, di- but your servers know that your server and your assistant server really get to know your family because they are with you every night of the cruise. Now... Dining for breakfast and lunch, you're kind of on your own. There are dining options within the main dining rooms. You can have breakfast at the main atrium dining room, or you can have breakfast up at Cabana's, which is up on the pool deck, whichever ship you're on. Um, I believe on the Wonder that's still called Beach Blanket Buffet, but that will be transferred over to Cabana's once it's through with Dry Dog. So you can have breakfast at Cabana's. I, I always like to have breakfast in the atrium dining room. I really do. The, the morning the morning tugboat it has my heart it's that <laughs> that yogurty thing it's like yogurt soup it's delicious <laughs> it's got granola in it it's a wonderful thing but it's not so rushed if you've ever been in those buffets oh it's a frantic frenzied energy and that's not conducive for me I prefer <laughs> a nice slower start to my morning usually I get up and I have coffee up at Cove cafe before I even entertain the idea of an actual breakfast <laughs> that's just me um on the pool deck though for all of you people who are for all of you guys who are used to walt disney world your quick service restaurants your quick service counters are all at the pool deck burgers fries heroes there's all kinds of meat of food up there daisy's delight has fruit cups and slices of melons that my daughter just goes nuts for paninis crazy food options that 
are at the pool deck at your disposal. So check the operating hours for those. You can always grab a quick bite by the pool. Um, one thing a lot of people don't know is that at dinner time, cabanas, which is normally the buffet for breakfast and lunchtime, at dinner time that actually transforms into a an alternate, if you will, dining room. So forever, for whatever reason, if your main dining room time is not going to work out for you on a given day, whether it's a port adventure or your kids were cranky at five fifty, you know, at the five o'clock at the early setting, and then you're but you're hungry an hour and a half later. You can always go up to Cabana's and they have variations of what's going on in the main dining rooms. So they have offerings that are, are similar to what you would be getting at your main dining room, but you're not locked into a time, which we found wonderfully refreshing on our seven night cruise when there were three nights when the main dining room time just was not going to work out for us. And, and we were a little upset about that. At first we're like, well, what are we going to do? And I'm like, we're on Disney Cruise Line. We will figure this out. And our service, our server was one that said, go upstairs to Cabanas. They'll take care of you at a diff- it, just at a time that would meet your needs. So I love that part. Um, and, of course, Paolo and Remy. Wonderful. You can um, have brunch at Paolo on sea days if your cruise does have days at sea. Or dinner at either room your palette, that's for adults only. So you are charged a, a sitting a sitting fee plus whatever alcohol you drink if you're not having a wine and dine kind of package. But phenomenal service, phenomenal, phenomenal food, and you know, no kids allowed. That that's one of the one of the great things about that dining room. Although I've got to say, I've had really good luck with, you know kids in the dining rooms. I've, I've read on message boards, people are like, the kids are everywhere. I'm like, I've always been seated near very, very nice families <laughs> where the kids are all well behaved. <laughs> I guess I'm bluffed out on that one. But yeah, so people think, well, aren't there dining rooms crazy? I'm like, I've never had that experience, though I know some people have. If you ever are seated next, seated next to a family or in the vicinity of a family, and you can tell that the kids are just too rambunctious for your taste. Not that my kids would ever be too rambunctious. But if you are seated in the vicinity of a family and they are distracting to you, you can ask for a seat reassignment. So um, if that's something that's actually concerning to you, speak with the head server in your dining room. Speak with guest services and they can work on a dining reassignment for you. You're not stuck next to them for the entire cruise, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> there are things you can do if you do find that you're next to a family of rambunctious toddlers who can't sit still and, and it is distracting to you. Although I would probably end up playing with the kids personally. <laughs> I'd be like, yay, more kids for me to play with. So, <laughs> Adding fuel to the fire. I know I'm so bad. <laughs> don't encourage me. Y'all don't encourage me. <laughs> now, if Remy, if you, if you want to keep to a specific budget, I, I've helped people plan Disney cruises and they were worried about the expense and they were worried about the cost. If you are worried about, you know, adding the cost of of Remy or Paolo, but you want a nice meal and, and a nearly kid-free meal and, and a wonderful dining experience, I I highly encourage you, I encourage you anyway, have lunch in that main atrium dining room. It's still full service, just like the dining experiences that you have in the main dining rooms. It is full service. The main dining rooms are very quiet at lunch. Not many families opt for that. 
and you can always ask to be seated in a quiet section away from other diners, away from diners with children. They're happy to accommodate that. Say, look, we really want a quiet lunch, just the two of us. Can we be seated somewhere alone? And they can make that happen. So if you want a nice dining experience that is already included in the fares, which you have paid in full, have lunch at Triton's, have lunch at Lumiere's, whichever ship you're on. Those two are on the Magic and the Wonder, but have lunch in that main dining room, especially if you're on one of those special sailings like the Alaskan ones. They alter the menus for those cruises, so you're having some local fare. It's a great experience at lunch, and you're not paying a dime extra. So that, that's something I always suggest to people if they're worried about spending money on a dining experience, but they really want something something special. Step five is planning daily activities. Um, and I like to break these down into two categories. And those are the one the activities you can plan before you leave home, the ones that are going to require bookings. You're going to have to book port adventures, especially some of the more popular ones. Those will book up. You're going to have to book. If you are interested in a cabana on Castaway Key, you're going to need to book that ahead of time. Spa treatments, bibbidi-bobbidi boutique appointments, and even time at the It's a Small World Nursery. I highly recommend you book those ahead of time before you even leave the house. But there's a second kind of activity, and that is... Those activities are the activities that you you cannot plan until you board the ship. So I always like to limit my pre-planning activities to one or two per day. Because you want to leave room for all the spontaneous fun, all the great things that are going to happen on board. And you do not know what's going to be offered until you get that navigator the night before. Your personal navigator is like your schedule of all the fabulousness going on every day on the cruise ship there would be activity whether it's bingo my sister-in-law loves bingo so do she I. got me play she got me playing that last time oh my goodness and bingo is offered at several times throughout the day on different days yep and you can't plan that ahead of time <laughs> um certain dance parties in the kids clubs those are offered throughout ship throughout the cruise but you don't know ahead of time which day that's going to be to a certain extent, you don't even know which night pirate night would be. I know on some cruises, it's pretty standard. It's going to be day five or it'll be the day after cast. You know, it'll be the day it's standard. But you you know in your head this is going to happen. You know that there'll be dance parties. You know that there'll be costume parties. But you don't really know which day. And I like to say roll with it. I know we're all alpha planners here. <laughs> it's why we podcast. It's why we blog. It's why we write things for others. We're, we're alpha planners. And for me to say Leave a few things to chance. Leave space open. That That's hard for me to do myself. Every time I cruise, every time I cruise, I have to remind myself to stop doing things or I'm going to exhaust myself or, I'll, or to stop thinking that I'm missing out on something by relaxing. <laughs> You're on a cruise. Relax. Leave space for unplanned things. Also, you know. You know Disney is going to run first-run movies. It's one of the perks of being on the cruise ships. If you are on that ship and a movie has just been released, anything from a Star Wars movie to Avengers movies to classic animated films, you are going to get a front-row seat to see that at sea. I really want to see a premiere at sea one of these days. But... Those movies run on a rotated schedule. You don't know which movie. I, had, I can't tell you today 
if you're cruising next week, which day you're going to be able to see inside out. You'll probably be able to see. I know it's still in rotation some, on some ships, but I can't tell you which days it'll be on or what times. So those are the things you're going to be able to plan once you're on board. You'll get that daily navigator the night before, usually when you're at dinner and you're getting your second room service of the day or room cleaning of the day. Yes, housekeeping comes twice a day on Disney cruise ships. I want to say that that is worth the price of admission right there. Twice a day housekeeping. <laughs> the second wow. time they come. Yeah, especially if you I, have kids. Yeah. Yes, the second time they'll come during your dinner time. So that's your turn down service. And they will also tidy up, leave extra toiletries. I love those Disney toiletries. <laughs> but with, So they'll do the turn down service. They'll get the bunks out of the ceiling. If that's the type of room configuration you have, they'll draw the privacy curtains, all that stuff. They'll leave the chocolate on your beds. Yes, I love the chocolates. Oh, that last cruise, last cruise, I didn't get too many of those. My kids found them all. <laughs> Two staterooms worth of them, too, man. Those <laughs> kids are vultures. I blame their mother. But, <laughs> <laughs> so your second housekeeping service will be while you're at your evening meal and you'll receive your personal navigator for the next day. So overnight, while you're relaxing in your stateroom at night, you will be able to take a look at your next day and plan it out. Then you won't be having, you won't have to plan it on the fly the next day. So you'll get to plan just, just a day ahead. And the last step in the six step process is where you add the extra magic. I, I like to kind of group it into a few categories Fish extenders. I'm not going to go with, uh, we, we do need to have a podcast where we talk just about fish extenders, what they are, how to do them, because they are so much fun. If you've ever cruised, you'll see these long banners with pockets that will be attached to some stateroom doors. And that means those people are participating in what is called a fish exchange. It's like a secret Santa at sea. Although it's, I'll say it's not so secret center because you know the people who are participating. People will um, form groups on Facebook ahead of time or on Disboards or on other social media outlets where they will get in a group of people and they will do a gift exchange at sea. It is so much fun. So if that's something that you're interested in, I do talk a little bit about fish exchanges on the sixth step. More details to come because people go crazy over these fish exchanges, let me tell you. When I told my kids I was thinking about not doing the fish exchange on our next family cruise, even the teenagers looked at me like I had grown an extra head. Like, <laughs> why would you not do that, Mom? <laughs> like, maybe I just want to chill and relax for one cruise and not do this. But it, it is fun. It is a great way, especially if you're just traveling with your little nuclear family unit. It is a great way to get to know other cruisers ahead of time. So that when you get on that great big ship, you don't feel like you're just one little family on a great big ship. You already have a community of people that you've gotten to know during the months prior to the cruise. So if a fish exchange is something, sounds like something you want to, you're interested in, check out step six of my process, of my planning process and learn a little bit more about it. Another thing, Pirates in the Caribbean. You're, on most cruises, you are in the Caribbean. So Disney celebrates that with their signature fireworks at sea. They were the first cruise line to have fireworks at sea. Another cruise line tried it for a time, discontinued it. So now they're the only ones, once again, <laughs> offering fireworks at sea. And it's not just like they shoot fireworks from 
the steam steamer stack. They it's a show. It's Disney. It, it's not just fireworks that they shoot up in the air just to shoot them up in the air. There there is a show, a dance party up on deck. It it is an entire themed day. RJ, <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> Sound, sounds like it's right up my alley. And Disney begins the theme. They get you in the mood early in the day. They start the day with some Peter Pan music in the hallways and down the corridors. And then maybe by the mid-afternoon, you're listening to Pirates in the Caribbean from the soundtrack. And then you're going to be listening to the Pirates of the Caribbean music from the attractions. Disney gets you in the mood. So what I want people to plan I would love for everyone to be in costume. You will see everything from just, you know, dad in an eye patch to full out Jack Sparrow lookalikes walking down the corridors. People get into this night. So get your bandanas, get your eye patches, bring your pirate gear, bring some. I always, I like to have the little chocolates. I always bring little chocolates for my kids, little coins. Do they have a little pirate treasure? So get into the spirit, let go, have fun, plan a little fun on pirate day. The the final thing I suggest is if you are into a splurge, because there is a cost involved in this final thing that you can plan, a, in a, just a regular princess meet and greet just will not do for your little prince or princess. There is a royal court royalty on the Disney fantasy that immerses your little one in a wonderful storytelling event adventures and it's appropriate for boys and girls there are treasures that they will i I don't want to spoil everything there are treasures that they will leave that tea with but you can check that out on my website because i don't want to spoil all of it so you can check that out on dcl prep school that's on step six on the planning extra magic there's plenty of extra touches that you can do to make it your own. And finally, it's not up on there as of yet, but the last thing I want to impart before I conclude this six up is that door decor is a big deal on Disney Cruise Line. If you, when you're walking down the corridors, it's, you see carpet and there are a lot of white doors. The best way I can say to find your stateroom quickly, other than the number, but all the staterooms have numbers and they start seeming it just you're at sea and the waves are going and all the numbers start to merge together in your brains. Door decor. You can personalize your doors with magnets. They're all magnetized. They're all the metal that will that's magnetized and you can put up magnets on your stateroom doors, personalize them. Just Google Disney door decor and you will see what I am talking about. We always make magnets every time we cruise. We've collected them over the cruises, usually through the fish exchanges. We have cruises. We have magnets from all of our cruises, from all of the ships. And it's a fun way to not only remember where you sailed, but to celebrate your sailing this time and when you reach your door, you know you've reached your door because of all of the personalization. And some some people take that door decor seriously. It, it's thematic and really well thought out, the placement of each magnet. And other times you'll see families are just throwing those magnets up. It Anything goes. This is your cruise. Have a little fun with it. So those door 
door decor is definitely a great way to personalize your cruises, add a little magic. If you are over there, you can check out on the blog. I over the weekend, um, I know I've covered a lot of things right now, but over the weekend I did talk about my top five must pack, never leave home without them items. There is also a quick blog where I, I run through, the, I have a quick guide on how to plan your first Disney cruise. So go ahead go over to dclprepschool.com and check that all out. I feel like I've talked a whole lot right now, so I'm going to open it up to you guys if you have any <laughs> questions for me. <laughs> I'm not used to talking that much. No, that's okay. I can, though. I was trying not to cut you off multiple times with questions that I had. Just, just go for it. I'm stubborn. Just, that's how we talk. No, no, that's fine. I just in the interest of keeping it flowing. No, I just, I, I don't want to get specific because I know people can go to the website. I just had a few. Oh no, ge- general questions. I've only been on yes. one cruise, so I'm not as okay. as um, well versed as you and, <laughs> and Milford are, who have been on multiple. So just in thinking of the planning process and and everything you covered, there was just a few things that popped into my sure. head for. Because when I cruised, there was only two ships. It was back in 2002, and they didn't they didn't have the door things. They didn't have fish exchange. It was because it was still kind of very <laughs> new then. Absolutely. So I was just in the interest of with the itineraries and the four different ships. Is there like yes? Is there like a spreadsheet or is this like so? Say you pick a date. Say you pick a week in October. Right. Is there mm-hmm. and you don't really know where you want to go? Is there an easy right. way to? Say, okay, the wonder's going here, the magic's here, the dream's here, the fantasy's here. Like, that's and what, like a spreadsheet and or a pull-down or something. It's not a spreadsheet, and it's not on Disney DCL Prep School. The easiest way, because of the multitude, I mean, D- Disney Cruise Line sails to 83 ports of call. Right. All throughout the year. So if you are actually over on DisneyCruise.com, you, you just type in DisneyCruise.com, and I'm there right now, so I'm going to talk you through it super quick. Um, you'll see the top menu, but then there's that sub menu that it's kind of like a, a cheat sheet, the planning, a cruise. You can see where it says travel party, but then the next segment says dates. Okay. There's a drop down right there. And if you know that you want to sail in say October, 2016, click October, 2016. Then that next, um, drop down is destinations and it will have highlighted everywhere that Disney is going in October 2016. Oh, okay. And so it will already be highlighted for you. You can't pick a cruise that's in the wrong place. Gotcha. Okay. So you're not going to be able to pick an Alaskan cruise in October. Right, right. All right. I just wasn't because I know it can be confusing and overwhelming when it's because there's, like you said, there's so many different ports and so many different It I- really is. And, and the DisneyCruise.com site does a good job of helping you, and you'll see it in my tutorial, of helping you navigate that so that you know which itineraries are offered which time of year and with even more so which ports of departure because there will be certain times of the year that you can do caribbean cruises out of galveston texas but not all year long right right you know so it it does i i it does break down pretty easily for you okay cool uh there was was just two other quick things and then we'll sure we'll move on so i I know the answers to this, but I just wanted to you to just for the listeners and everybody else. You'd mentioned mm-hmm. in talking about the Small World Club, but there is yes, which they're known for the I don't know if it's called no, the, the youth activity, I, the youth activity centers, the, like the Oceaneers Lab. Now that's yes, I, I think okay. Most of us know so, that it's included, but I don't know if everybody absolutely. else knows that that's included and, with your 
you're, you don't have to pay it extra is, for that. No, Disney Cruise Line has some of the longest complimentary operating hours for its youth activity centers at sea. They are open usually from 9 until midnight, 9 a.m. until midnight every day. And it's already included in your fare. So your kids from ages 3 to 12 are going to be in the Oceaneers Club and Lab. They are two separate areas. However, on all four ships, they are connected by a hidden hallway so that your kids, if they have activities between the Oceaneers Club and Lab, they can go between those two. Vibe is the teen club and your tweens will be at edge and those are all complimentary children under the age of three do need to reserve nursery time i'm not sure off the top of my head what that is per hour and you are restricted to the amount of time that you can book ahead of time um they do offer onboard an onboard reservation center so that it system so that if you are on board and want to book extra time you can do that on the ship but that yeah, that is the only The youth activity centers on board are the best at sea. In fact, I know I didn't cover this in the planning process itself, but there are no casinos on any Disney Cruise Line ship. A lot of people know that, but a lot of people are still shocked right. when I yeah. discuss that with them because it's such an industry standard. Instead of having casinos, Disney dedicates that space to its youth activities centers. So almost the entirety of Deck 5 on all four ships is always on Deck 5. The Oceaneers Club and Lab take up most of the space on Deck 5. Just a tip if you're booking, if that matters to you <laughs> when you're picking your staterooms. There are some staterooms on Deck 5. Some people <laughs> want, you know, some people want to be near that. They're like, I want my kid to be able to walk out the door and in five steps they're there. Yeah, no, no Other doubt. people want to avoid it like the, <laughs> like plague. the plague. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like to be when my daughter was the age. My daughter's in firmly in Edge right now. She loves Edge, but when she was a an Oceaneer Labber man, she would be there in that club from the time they opened until they had to call me to remind me to pick her up. So when it was closing, like um, we want to leave. <laughs> Come get your kid. No, they they did see that, but I like to book a room right on the floor above. So on deck six, we, we've sailed deck six a few times and she could just run right down those stairs and she's right there. So that was a wonderful thing for us. So we, we were close, but not too close <laughs> right. to those kids gloves. Yep. But now she's a teenager and she can roam the ship as long as she has a wave phone. Wave phones are um, kind of like your cell phone at sea. Uh, I know now that Disney has the DC has the Disney Cruise um, Navigator app. You can do messaging on board through that, but I, I still like the Wave phones. Those, <clears throat> excuse me, those are a great way to stay in touch with your party while you're at sea, but not necessarily together at sea. Mm, yep, right. <laughs> so yeah, they've got great kids clubs. It goes without saying, it is Disney Cruise Line. They are known for their kids clubs, and the spaces are phenomenal. All four ships have some similar aspects, but all four ships also have unique features to their kids clubs that are unique to that ship. So explore them. And if you look at your navigator, each of the kids clubs throughout the cruise will have an open house. And an open house is when you can go into that space with your kids. Or if you don't have kids, please don't be creepy about that. But <laughs> if you want to take a look at the space, I, on the, um, 
magic, I wandered around the space during the open houses just so I could see what it was that the kids were seeing and what they were getting to experience during the secured programming. But once they do have secured programming, adults are no longer welcome in those spaces. They are secured where only Disney staff or the, the crew members are the only ones allowed back there with the children. So go enjoy those spaces and you can enjoy those spaces with your kids during the open house time. Or if you've got, you know, 13 year old who just really wants to see what's going on up in vibe vibe will have open houses as well. And she can go see what's going on up in the teenage space during those open houses. So if you've got kids who are just curious about what's going on on the other age groups, those open house times are a great time to explore those spaces. But again, once it's time for secured programming, only kids who fall within the age groups of those clubs are allowed in. In fact, I went to go pick up my daughter at edge on our last cruise and I was politely reminded that I was only supposed to be in a certain space, <laughs> right <laughs> by the door. Yeah. But it, it, I stayed there. I, I didn't actually venture out, but they're like, hey, wait right there. We'll be with her. We'll get her for you in just a second. So they, they reminded me to wait right there. They, don't, they do not want unknown adults wandering through their kids' spaces. They are extremely diligent, vigilant. Both of those, actually. <laughs> They're trying to find the right word. Strict. They're extreme. Yes, they are extremely strict about who is and who is not allowed in those spaces, which I find to be refreshing and wonderful, and I like that. Oh, absolutely. So, so rest assured that unknown adults will not be wandering through those kids' spaces just because their kids are there. They will not be. Awesome. Any other questions? I love. Yes. I could talk about this all night. Yes. I have a question about the live shows. Do you have to buy, like, tickets to those? Do you have to book ahead of time? Like, how does that work? Not at all. All entertainment is included in your cruise. So all of those Broadway shows are included in the cost of your cruise. They offer What they do is they offer them twice a night. So if you are at the early dining time, if you have the early dining time, then you will go to the show after dinner. If you have the late dining time, you will go to the show before dinner. So it's like you're playing flip-flops. So there, while people are eating dinner, the show is offered for those who aren't and vice versa. You do not have to reserve. There are no reserved seats. I recommend getting to that show about a half hour early if you have a specific spot that you want to sit. Or if you have a large party, say five or more, because the closer you get to showtime, the theaters will fill up. And you will not necessarily be guaranteed a seat together if you are a larger party. So we, when our we had our last cruise, we had 30, 30 of us. That's it. <laughs> thirty of us. So we, I know, <laughs> right? Just thirty people to find. And we, you know, we wanted to. For some of them, we did. We actually managed to sit together for almost every show because we showed up early. If you show up about a half hour early, you should have your choice of seats in the theater. But no, you do not have to reserve a time or tell them you're coming. You just show up and this shows are of such a caliber that that theater is going to fill up it just is the, the shows are phenomenal and people want to see them um certain cruises usually the seven days will have a matinee on some days it, and again it's just itinerary dependent whether or not they'll have an afternoon offering of a show don't count on it on every day by any means i think it happened once on each of my seven day cruises, I have to break out those navigators again and take a look, but they do occasionally offer one. But if you are unable to make it to the theater for any reason, 
they do have a live closed closed circuit feed going to every stateroom. So you can watch the show from your stateroom. I know it's not the same as watching it on TV, but if you have a little one who's just not going to sit still or is just grumpy because it's the end of the day, you can still at least enjoy the show from your stateroom and see it there. But no, you it, you do not need to RSVP or get an extra ticket. It's included in your fare. That's really cool that you can watch it from your room, actually. Mm-hmm. You know, and if you're just tired or you just don't want to be around a whole bunch of people or I mean, for <laughs> any reason, you get that way sometimes. Sometimes you're just around people so much all day long. You just want a few minutes in your room to decompress. And, and that's when I say room service, complimentary 24-7 room service included in your fare. Really? Yes. Absolutely. There are a few menu items which would incur a fee, like most most notably would be your sodas. Soda is complimentary if you are getting it in a main dining room or at the soda fountain by the pool deck. But if you are served soda at a lounge or at a concession stand or it's brought to you by a server, whether it's for room service or one of the servers in the theaters, those are the times when you would incur a fee for soda but otherwise wonderful menu options and they will bring it to you at night i highly recommend the cookies and the hot cocoa (laughs) not saying that i've ever had that a few times you know one day what even i I love cruising and i will get seasick I, i manage it with a patch that i get from my doctor uh and i'm good to go but occasionally i try to get brave and go without it I've got stories about that, <laughs> but I will not share them all <laughs> with you. But I will say when I tried to get rid because you, you do, you get brave. You're like, I feel fine. I'm going to go without this pat. It's time to take it off because it can be a little irritating to my skin. So I take it off. I think I'm brave. I think I'm fine. And my vestibular system reminds me otherwise pretty quickly. And I find myself laying down in my room. And then when I finally get the medication back in my system, I wake up. I, I lay down, put the patch on, and I wake up hungry. The patch works really quickly. And I immediately call room service. This happens every cruise. I don't know why. I don't know better by now. I'm stubborn. You're, That's probably you why. Just need, you but you want a legitimate excuse, excuse to get your cookies and cocoa. That's what it is. I you know, out. really. <laughs> I, I always say I'm going to take better advantage of the room service options, but I never do. There's so much food available, but the room service options, I really want you to, I really want to impress upon you that it's worth it to take a look at what's going on with room service because there's so many great things. If you are sailing on an Alaskan cruise, there are days, they're going up a new fjord now as well as Tracy Arm, but Tracy Arm Fjord is one of the fjords that they go up and you see the South Sawyer glaciers. Beautiful, beautiful. It's like you're sailing through a mountain range is, is the only way I can explain it with hanging glaciers and floating ice packs. It, it's beautiful. And if you've got a stateroom with a veranda, you can just sit out on your balcony and enjoy it. And that's a great time for room service. <laughs> but yeah, definitely take advantage of the room service offerings. Those are completely included in the cost of repair 24 7 so if you're not feeling up to your main dining time at dinner you are not locked into that if somebody is not feeling well somebody has a little bit of seasickness or if kids are grumpy at the end of the day and they're not gonna sit still for dinner in front of strangers let alone in your own stateroom so (laughs) that is a great time 
to order room service where you can have a controlled environment because that's important for some kids to have a very controlled environment at mealtime. You can do that in your stateroom. Hey, Mel. Uh-huh. Um, I, you mentioned a veranda and that just kind of made my brain go. I saw you mention on Facebook maybe sometime this week about security measures. Yes. With, and that's something that I wanted to ask you about because I have a three-year-old who would have been in the gorilla pit. So, right. you know, he's a master. And so I just kind of want to know about the safety for I, too, that. had a master climber back <laughs> in the day where you would, you know, things would be fine. You'd leave the room for a minute and he'd be at the top of the kitchen cabinets. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. How did you do that? Now, Disney does, I mean, Disney designs these verandas for safety. I mean, number one, everything on those cruise ships are designed for safety. And the way they accomplish that with the verandas is several things. Number one is a two-step lock, which actually is it's a double lock. You've got your regular lock that's kind of by the door handle. But there's also a lock at the top of the frame that only an adult can maneuver. And let me tell you, I've had difficulty opening veranda doors they are heavy and they are awkward and that is intentional okay they want you you have to be of a mind where you are determined to open that door to open that door it is not a lightweight slider by any stretch this is a heavy duty seaworthy door and i said there's two locks there's one up at the top of the frame and then there's one next to the handle they both have to be engaged or disengaged at the same time I mean, it's, it's, it's complicated. I, I feel like a total failure when I'm turning to my husband going, um, <laughs> I need help. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the handle actually does some weird thing where it raises and lowers the door to lock it, it is, into place. Yeah. It, it's and not an yeah, easy door to open. I have difficulty with that one. But additionally, once you're on the veranda, there is plexiglass in front of the railing. There is no way for a toddler to get a toehold on that railing. The railing is, in fact, is probably more ornamental than functional because that plexiglass wall is there in place. So they can't climb it. Even if you're out there with them, there's no way for them to climb that railing okay. unless they can do pull-ups like a Navy SEAL. Um, <laughs> hey, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. I'm just saying. Probably. And finally, if you are still concerned, if you if it's still you're still a bit uncomfortable about the space, you can have your stateroom host remove the furniture. Those chairs, that table can be removed hmm. if that is something you desire. Interesting. So, would you recommend for a family like mine with little children? Like, mm-hmm. is it? Would it be safer to have an inside room as opposed to an outside room? Or does it? do you think it really matters? If it's something you're legitimately concerned about, and it is something that is going to weigh on mm. your mind, get an ocean view room without a veranda. You have okay. a beautiful big porthole. It's something you may not know that when you're looking at the square footage of the rooms online that square footage includes the veranda which is a Mm. you're not using it as much in an ocean view room that does not have a veranda just that big porthole all of that square footage is yours inside space so if you just don't think you're going to use the veranda but you you want those ocean views you're on a cruise you want to enjoy those ocean views the um the ocean view state rooms are a great option and financially they're kind of the moderate resort of the crew (laughs) that's the way i look at it you have your inside state rooms those are your values 
your ocean view rooms are your moderate. I, you know, Port Orleans Riverside is my favorite resort. I, I've stayed at Deluxes. I've stayed at Moderates. I've stayed at Values. Port Orleans Riverside is my favorite, and it's a moderate. And then, of course, I think of the Miranda Rooms as your Deluxe, and then Concierge is like Deluxe Plus with pixie dust on every surface. You know, so I, that, that's kind of where I look at it. So it's a great way to balance out your want of an ocean view, but your desire for safety. Because there are some, I mean, some moms... I, I'm, I'm, I'm a mom too. Some moms are just not going to feel comfortable with that veranda being in their room. And for them, I say grab that ocean view room. If that is really going to weigh on your mind. And for some moms, it is. It's a concern, especially when you have a master climber in the house. Yeah. But let me reassure you, those verandas are designed with every safety measure possible. Okay. Now, having said okay. that, keep an eye on your kids because the, <laughs> it, it's, I, I would never say it's totally impossible for anyone to open a door, but, you know, you could put that disclaimer out there. I, I can't say it's impossible for a master climber to figure it all out, but I I, I can't open that door. I'm going to just forget it. I'm just going to look just, out the window. But yeah, I'm just it's, always constantly amazed at what he's able to do. And I am a worrier. So that's always my first thing. Okay, how do I prevent my son from accidentally killing himself? <laughs> you know? And I will say that the plexiglass rule is true for all railing around the ship. The deck four railing, because the deck four promenade that is open and up on the pool decks as well, the multiple levels of the pool decks. Anything that has a railing open to the open ocean is going to have that plexiglass in front of it so that the kids do not have a toehold for climbing. Okay, great. Great, thank you. Uh-huh. All right. Very good. All right. See, I, and I could keep talking and talking <laughs> and talking. <laughs> no, that's, about that's this. great, though. But at least it gives everybody a general idea of of where to go and how to get there and, and at least how to start it. And personally, I have actually never booked just an ocean view room without a veranda. I will be sailing in one in two months. So I will have lots of pictures and I will be able to tell you a little bit more about that room category. Like I said, we always book an outside with a veranda and an inside, but my um, next cruise, I will have one of those ocean view rooms and I'll be able to tell you all about the giant porthole. And you know, I, I think kids will find something magical about having a porthole in their room. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's something special about that too. I mean, I, I don't, I, I think there's something special about each category of room. And I go through that in my stateroom guides because there, there really is something for everybody in each of those rooms. My, my teenagers love those inside staterooms because they are dark. They stay in vibe until it closes, sometimes at 1, 2 a.m., depending on your time zones. And they like to sleep in in the mornings. They don't want that natural light coming in. So they love their dark cave of an inside stateroom. But, yeah. And if you get the right category of ocean view room, it has a bigger shower, too. Yes. Because there's a certain category that has actually has a round shower instead of that long one that I hate. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Those are in the deluxe family staterooms. Yep. Cool. Tons of information there. And anything else? <laughs> I know. You know, we will, if you guys ever have questions, you can send them to us on the Facebook page, facebook.com slash explorers or at Facebook dot com slash dcl prep school both of those sites are great ways to send in questions that way i know what you want me to talk about because otherwise i will just talk about what i want to talk about and i could talk for weeks <laughs> i think i got the right job for me what do you, 
<laughs> think so. I think I found the perfect fit. So, but yeah, any, any questions, whether it's from you guys or from the listeners, I love questions. In fact, when I get them, I have to, an- I am, there's like a force compelling me to answer them instantly or I cannot sleep. <laughs> it, it's crazy. So I love answering questions. I will answer questions all day long. <laughs> I do. In fact, that's, that's what I do. So <laughs> send them in. I love answering them. Cool. All right. Well, moving along, we're going to, um, there's a few announcements this week about some new things happening involving the Muppets in the parks, uh, specifically in Disney's Hollywood Studios. There's going to be a pizzeria opening up where Planet Pizza used to be. And also in the Magic Kingdom, there's going to be some sort of a live show involving some of the Muppets over in Liberty Square. So Milford's got some information on that, and he's going to fill us in a little bit. Well, you know, in the in the spirit of uh, Liberty Square, all I can say is the Muppets are coming. The Muppets are coming. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to have their own little show right outside the Hall of Presidents, and there's been a little bit more information come out about it this last week. Not real public but the new show is going to be called Great Moments in American History. Uh, it will feature Sam Eagle, Kermit the Frog, Miss Piggy, Fozzie Bear, Gonzo, and James, Jeffer- James Jefferson, who is the town crier of Liberty Square. And it's actually also going to include originals and an original song. So they will appear throughout the day, and from what I'm hearing, they will appear in the windows of the buildings around Liberty Square, where they will play out different things, like they'll do the story of the Midnight Ride of Paul Revere, and they'll do something with the Declaration of Independence. I'm not sure what they would do from the windows to do that. But it, it sounds really cool what they're planning on doing with this. So, And, and you know, it kind of goes with the area to kind of promote American history, which, you know, that's what they really want to do there, so... Yeah, definitely, definitely. I'm, I was excited that 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 was kind of what it included because when you first heard about it and the rumors and everything else were along those lines, something about them in Windows, but was it just going to be – were they going to be full characters? Was it just going to be puppets or what have you, you know, and then you – know, Yeah, they haven't, they haven't really said whether it's going to be puppets or animatronics or, you know, what, right. but I would – I would assume it'll be somebody up there with a puppet. I would think so, some sort of pu- as you know, and and having, I mean, how could you not have Sam Eagle involved in it? Because he's, you know, the face of of any and all things patriotic in this world. Absolutely. <laughs> so I I just hope it's written really well and that the shtick is pretty good and it's not forced. It's all I'm hoping because they can get some really good gags in there, especially with him and and Gonzo because they they are polar opposites and they, you know, I think of the pre-show in the, in the Muppet 3d attraction and it just, I mean, I've seen it a million times, but I laugh every time because it's just, you know, they play well off each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it'll be fun. If you are over on DisneyAuditions.com on August 19th, they have auditions for male improvisational actors who sing for the Muppets. Ah, and specifically for great moments in American history. So right now they are auditioning male actors. So that'll be later this month. If any of you listeners are interested, head over to DisneyAuditions.com 
for that information. I don't know necessarily when the female places or the female characters will be, but if it's, you know, the Muppets, those might be done by males as well. Um, <laughs> well, it just says male. Where was it? I lost it. Male actors. So if you have a voice of a male, I guess it's not going to be gender specific there. But hey, if you can <clears throat> do any of the male Muppet voices, your audition time is Friday, August 19th at 10 a.m. The location is the Disney's Animal Kingdom Wardrobe Rehearsal Facility. Awesome. So, yeah. Well, maybe it'll be a full live show instead of just in the window. That would be even better. I'm sure it will have some elements that will surprise us all. Yeah, Yeah, that makes makes it sound like maybe they're going to have people on the ground singing, you know, like extras or something. Right, right, right. Well, then that that other character that you mentioned, the town crier, he'll probably be on the ground. Maybe he'll be like the... So, so kind of like the lead that they all play off of or something like that. Yeah, he's already off right. there all the time. So. That's true, too. That's true, yeah. Yeah. That's true. And then this is supposed to premiere sometime in October. I'm hoping I'm hoping before we get there that it opens, but <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely. Well, you know, yeah. as long as they don't follow the Rivers of Light schedule, we'll be okay. <laughs> oh, you're hurting me. You're hurting me. Uh, but I love the Muppets. I was kind of sad to see the show get canceled, although I understand why with all of the crazy changes in direction they seem to take throughout the season last year. So I'm glad that this is coming to the parks. I'm sure Sam Eagle will be featured prominently. That seems like his shtick. So I'm looking forward to it. And I love Liberty Square. I think it's an underutilized, underrated part of the parks. I think Liberty Square is absolutely beautiful. So I can't wait for this to open. Agreed. I spend spend lots of time in that little open-air market there by the uh, by the Haunted Mansion next to Columbia Harbor House. Right. Absolutely. Yum. Sit the- love Columbia Harbor House. Yep. Sit there many a times and go in that little stand and grab a quick hot dog or some fresh fruit or whatever, even for the kids, and just sit on those those little tables there and people watch and listen to the riverboat. And you're good. And, to go. and for people who aren't like us who can't pull up a map of Disney in their heads at <laughs> the drop of a dime, for people who aren't like us, Liberty Square is where the Hall of Presidents is. It's where Yield Christmas Shop is. <laughs> so if you you remember in your mind where that Christmas shop is, that's Liberty Square. It, it, it's all colonial. The Liberty Bell um, is there. There's a- colonial arch, yeah. The colonial architecture. It's a, like I said, it's a very underrated part of the park, and it's a lovely place to sit it, in that open air market. Grab a good snack. You know, if the junk food has gotten to your nerves, and you have <laughs> got to. Sometimes you just want a piece of fruit. Yep. Well, depending on which direction you're coming from, if you're heading from <laughs> Frontierland and and heading into that way, you're passing by the the churro cart and the turkey legs and every other fried something or other that you can hold on to so yeah it might be a welcome change to, to, to or if you're or if you're coming from the hub you're passing sleepy hollow which means i gotta have a chicken and waffle sandwich no doubt or the nutella waffle oh. yeah that too absolutely so good so good yeah, it always turns to food <laughs> okay, so I'll rant for one moment. I miss one thing about Liberty Tree Tavern. I miss What's that? the character dining in Liberty Tree Tavern. Yeah, that was very good. That was cool. I like that too. Because they're, they're, you know, Mickey and Minnie and Pluto and Goofy dressed up as 
in their cl- liberty care in colonial costume. Yeah, it's awesome. Maybe now they'll have a Muppet one there. That would be that cool. would be cool too. That would be different. I've had a Muppet experience with dining. I don't know how you would work that with puppets. Maybe they do like a dinner show or something yeah. like that, and then maybe some kind of a meet and greet where they could still be in their yeah and where the actor could be encased something they, they yeah. could also make them walk around if they wanted to i mean they have sweetums in the show and nobody seems to complain about that right and, and they could for fozzy i think it might be a little more difficult for a character like kermit with those spindly legs true <laughs> true just a little true i'm sure they'll figure something out well they will, uh, but I think some sort of dining interaction. I mean, you know, we were talking earlier about Disney pushing its threshold on what they, what type of experiences they could charge guests extra for. <laughs> I, I think that's. I think dining with the Muppets, I, I would pay. for Oh that. no doubt. Oh no doubt. Absolutely. Because especially there in that in that particular location. Disney. Disney needs new character dining experiences. Yes. Mm-hmm. They need new ones, and that is a no brainer. Yep. That, that really is. If they can find a way to make it interactive and meaningful and th- tell a story with it, I say character dining with the Muppets all the way. Yeah, absolutely. All right. And speaking of dining, there's a uh, Hollywood Studios. There's a pizza place opening up. Milford uh, has some more information on that, too, about the pizza Rizzo. Yeah. So basically they took the old Toy Story Planet Pizza and they're retheming it. So the famous original Pizza Rizzo, uh, housed in the old location of Toy Story Pizza Planet, was rumored to be an idea for the park in its early days. But now with massive changes happening at studios, the Muppets continue to solidify their presence in the back of the park with the addition of this quick-service pizzeria. According to the announcement, there would be an in, be indoor and outdoor seating, which Planet, Planet Pizza yeah. had. Well, as cheesy banquet room, a cheesy banquet room, <laughs> the restaurant's story will revolve around Rizzo the Rat and his family. The official description says Rizzo the Rat operate, owns and operates the pizzeria where guests can grab a pizza pie and a cold drink, enjoy a casual Italian-American dining experience in a whole new way through the eyes of the lovable, wisecracking Muppet. <laughs> So I don't know if that means they're ripping out all the arcade stuff that they had in there because they still did have some of that in there the last time we were there. I believe so. Uh, but uh, So it's changing. So I'm sure it'll be the same pizza they had before. <laughs> that seems Probably. To be a, that seems to be, that pizza seems to be a staple pizza across the property. Yeah. Uh, which is also, by the way, now all gluten-free. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, all the pizza for those type restaurants across Disney World are gluten free now. Um, that's interesting. I know that because I have a friend that's a cast member down there that's gluten free. Um, he was the same cast member we went to the uh, burger place with that he had a conversation with the chef there. But uh, about two years ago, they went through a process where they made all of their pizzas for these type restaurants gluten free. So. Well, that's good. I would assume that's going to continue. So now, now that they're done making them gluten free, they can, uh, they can make them taste like something next, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, hey, just gives you a reason to you got to go to Epcot and grab a couple slices at Via Napoli. Mm. Uh. Yeah, love that. <laughs> well, You're welcome, for everybody. fans, 
<laughs> for um, fans of the ridiculous and absurd, I have found a little gem on the Muppets Wikia. So if you go to Muppet Wikia, com, there is a, a, a coloring book called Great Muppets in American History. Oh it was published goodness. in 1997. It is a Muppets Tonight coloring book. It's the Muppets that, and I'll, I'll have to give you a, a link to this because this is hilarious. <laughs> um, Animal is on the cover, dressed as Uncle Sam. Perfect. I know. <laughs> I, I'm guessing Thomas Jefferson is played by Gonzo, although there's no caption. <laughs> Um, Miss Piggy is Albert Einstein. I'm not sure on the citizenship there. All right. Um, that doesn't make sense. Bobo okay. the Bear is Johnny Appleseed, so we're going with mythical Americans as well. Mm. It, it is um, it, in playing Pocahontas is none other than Miss Piggy herself. <laughs> and back to Rizzo, it all comes full circle. Yes, Rizzo the Rat is Paul Revere. Oh, nice. So. You can actually, I mean, even though these are scans of the pages from this 1997 coloring book, it looks like you can pop them out and print them if you are just needing to color something. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, it's the the coloring book is called Great Muppets in American History, and it is on the Muppet Wiki that's, Wikia page. That's it, it's too much through the magic of Google, the things you can find. There is a wiki for everything. There is a wiki. Yes, yes. <laughs> Big Mean Carl is Babe Ruth. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, oh, some, some, definitely some of your more obscure characters. The Dancing Cheese is Charles Lindbergh. It almost looks a little bit more like SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying, it's so random. I love it. Ay, ay, ay. <laughs> um, Animal is King Kong. Again, I, I think we should. Check the citizenship there. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm not sure how King Kong is a great American, mm, but yeah. hey. Okay, to each their own. <laughs> you know? Yeah, every book tells a story, they say. There's some very. Oh, Andy and Randy the pigs are the Wright brothers. Oh, this is fantastic. All right, cool. Yeah, we'll put a right. we'll put a link in that in the. Uh, I'll, I'll get that one up show notes. for you. Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Heading to Facebook now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, if there's nothing else, I think we've we've jammed a lot at you this week. We really have. Which is a good thing. <laughs> Gives everybody a lot to to digest over the next week or so. Absolutely. Cool. So before we wrap this episode up, like we do every week, we'd like to have everybody go through their social media accounts where you can interact with us on the various social media sites. So we'll start with uh, we'll start with you, Mel. Awesome. Well, you can find me at dclprepschool.com on Facebook. That is facebook.com slash dclprepschool, dcl for Disney Cruise Line. On Twitter, you can my handle is dclprepschool, and on Instagram and Pinterest, it's just dclprep. All right, cool. And Miss Jessica over there in Disneyland. <laughs> I wish I was there right now. <laughs> you can uh, find my blog at duchessofdisneyland.com and Facebook at Duchess of Disneyland. And then I'm also on Twitter at Duchess Jessica and Instagram at the Duchess of Disneyland. 
Very good. And Milford? Uh, you can find me on my blog at milfordhutzel.com, my Milford on the Move blog. You can also find me, Milford on the Move, on Facebook and Milford on Move on Twitter. Cool. And Adrian? All right, my blog is at wdwbound.com, and you can find me on Twitter at wdwbound underscore com, and Facebook and Instagram at adrywdwbound. Very good. And I am RJ. You can find me on the old Facebook at RJ Lucia Jr. and on the Twitter, Instagram, and Periscope at Black Pearl Four Fifty Four. And for our Diz Explorers, we are on on the web at DizExplorers.com. And also we are on Twitter and Instagram at the Diz Explorers, and that's managed by our wonderful Duchess Jessica, who posts daily pictures and fun stuff over on the website. Go over there and check out. You can earn your badges and take some quizzes and cool things like that. And we're on YouTube now, too. Our episodes are on YouTube. Yes. I, Yay! I did see that, and I did get all those alerts. So that was definitely, that's very cool. So for those of you who don't like the Apple products, it's a great way to go over and, and listen to us <laughs> as well. Sorry we don't have videos of all our smiling faces, but you wouldn't want to stare at us anyway. So <laughs> you'll just have to deal with our voices. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to get some vlogs going up on YouTube. <laughs> with that, we thank you all for listening. We appreciate all of it. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, we appreciate a, a rating, five star if possible, and a little review. <laughs> Helps us uh, climb up those search boards when you look for Disney-themed podcasts and just uh, makes us all feel good, too. <laughs> so, once again, thanks for listening, and we will talk to everybody next week. Good night. Good night.